Good afternoon, Anchor Nation. This is your host, Aaron Rollins, coming at you again live and ad-free on my podcast on Anchor. Let's get right into it. So I just filled up on gas. You might be hearing some traffic noises as uh, the rest of the world moves around me. But uh, I wanted to talk today uh, about some stuff that was going on. Oh, wrong button. Some stuff that was going on in the group chat I'm in. I'm in a group chat with my my brother, Shane, which the people that listen to this podcast know who my brother is. Uh, My brother, Daniel, and John, um, and those two are also brothers. It's a very... Peculiar arrangement we've got. Excuse me as I get buckled in here. Safety first, right? Or as Mike Rowe would say, safety third. I wonder if he wears his seatbelt. Um, we were talking, and that has nothing to do with what we were going to, what I was going to talk about. So we were in this group chat, and uh, we were talking about Daniel's puppet show, which he has a puppet show where he just rips John's ass. I mean, he is merciless on his brother. Like my brother tortured the shit out of me growing up. Made me cry. Made me want to hurt people or hurt myself because he was so fucking mean but with Daniel and John's relationship that's a whole nother level of maliciousness you know even in his 40s Daniel is fucking with John you know and he he does not let up it's relentless you know and it's the thing about it is is that it's so consistent it, it is always the same burn or the same um not necessarily cut down, but insult, if you will, because we're not eight years old no more. But it's the same uh, thing that he is saying about John for the last 30 friggin' years that you know he has to really feel that way. <laughs> he has to really think that about John. They're like, this is not an exaggeration. He's not just trying to get a laugh. He, he's really feeling that way about his brother. You know, he loves his brother, but he doesn't love his brother. So... Regardless of all the heinous ways my brother fucked with me, at least he wasn't Daniel. So, (laughs) we're talking about this puppet show. Back to the main topic here. He's talking about his episodes, and, you know, I'm listening to some of his puppets, and he's got all these different puppets. And it centers around uh, John's son, uh, who's a little more advanced in the puppet show. I think John's son is, is in grade school right now. He's either in kindergarten or first grade. I think it's kindergarten. Regardless... In the, the YouTube series, his son's probably like second, third grade. He's a little bit smarter. They're able to catch on and observe things and call John out on some bullshit. Now, these are the characters, not real life. But Daniel draws from real life scenarios and, and like brings in John's personal business to the show. I can't tell you which ones are based on, fa- um, based on true events or not because you just have to watch. But... <laughs> There's some times where, you know, Daniel will bring in these puppets and other characters and they are start roasting John. Uh, sometimes it's the kid roasting John and calling John out on some bullshit. But then there's other characters talking about how hairy and nasty he is. He's like a goddamn animal. And that's, that echoes Daniel's thoughts about John <laughs> specifically. And, and so we, why am I bringing all this up? Daniel was talking about the different voices he's trying to do for his characters. And I had mentioned, it's like, man, they all kind of sound the same. You got a little bit of this growl in your voice. You know, like you're, you're, uh, you're a dog barking at John and growling at John for being too close to you or trying to take your favorite toy. <laughs> and he's got that in his voice. I don't know what it is, but um, maybe that's just how he, he, he thinks so strongly that way about John that it comes out in his speech. So, uh, anyway, we were talking about that, and I said, all your voices sound the same. And he's like, yeah, I was just trying to talk black and, and maybe try something a little different. And I said, well, slow it down a little bit. You're talking fast. And not to say that all, 
you know, African Americans are, you know, we'll get into that in a second. Not to say that all black people talk uh, fast or slow. It's just that if you're trying to do something different, you always talk fast, talk a little slower, you know, um, use some, some different pronunciation in your, in your words to kind of distinguish yourself because that's, that's something that's kind of obvious about the American people. We all sound different. You can't go to, to China and they all speak one language and say somebody sounds different. You're not going to be able to pick up on that. The only way you're going to pick up on that is if you're from China. So moving on, uh, what I was talking about a second ago, we're going to get into that, is Ralphie May said something that I've really started to kind of um, take to heart is that, you know, he thinks of Americans as Americans, not African-American, not Asian-American. Because most Americans that are natural citizens, as in they are born here, they don't have any relationship with their ancestral home. So, you know, English Americans, Americans that are born here, they don't have anything that's tying them to England. They weren't born there. They're not from there. They probably haven't been there in a while. And for most people that are black Americans, they haven't been to Africa in a long time. Yeah, you'll find exceptions to the rule. There's plenty of people that visit Africa and trip there and make, make vacations there. But come on, man. You know, the people from my hometown, all the, the black men and women there, they ain't going to have nothing to do with Africa. They'll talk about it, but they ain't never fucking been there. So when you think about Americans, yeah, there's white, there's black, there's Asian, or excuse me, there's, um, you get where I'm going with that. So moving on. I like to think that way that, you know, I, I try not to, to tie people's ancestry into their identity. It's like, well, I mean, he's black. He's brown. He's kind of pale. Right? Moving on. So um, I was thinking about, you know, starting the episode and trying out my my own personal skills with in, imitating other voices. And I was like, oh, no, you know what? No, that's a bad idea. Hit the brakes on that, man. Don't, don't get on the podcast and try to talk like somebody, some other ethnicity. You're going to get profiled immediately. Uh uh-uh. uh. You want to get canceled? You got four or five listeners, bro. You can't afford to get canceled. That ain't nobody freaking listening to you anyway. You have to start from the ground up all over again. Uh, yeah, we ain't doing that. So, uh, moving on. My birthday's coming up. Finals are coming up. We're almost done with the semester. Next semester will be starting in January. Um, I should be starting uh, my next position in December as a medical support assistant. I don't know uh, when exactly that will be. Uh, my previous landlord is fucking pussyfooting around with the deposit I paid them. They're not giving it back to me. It, I turned the keys in a month ago. Well, I say a month ago. It's been 30 fucking days. That's for fucking sure. And they haven't given me a deposit back. Like, look, you need to get to where you're giving me an itemized list on all the deductions you've taken out of my deposit to cover whatever you've got to cover or you just give me my deposit back or we can take this in small claims court. You know, it's like 800 bucks, man. I ain't fucking turning that up. I'm not just letting you eat that. You know, there's been times in my past where I've lived in, in um, houses, like in Waco. I, I lived with this guy who was a missionary and worked for the church. And, uh, you know, towards the end of our, I say our because I shared the house with like four people. No, it was three. It was three people. Uh, towards the end of our stay there, of our lease, we just let him. We let him eat the deposit because they freaking trashed the place. I moved out before the rest of them moved out, and he didn't give anybody their deposit back because he had to clean up the mess after them. That was just the whole hemorrhaging money situation that just fucking chapped my ass. I'm still not over that, and that was 2018 or 19 rather. Yeah, 2019. That's three years ago. I'm still burnt up about that. I lost thousands of dollars living in that fucking place. 
covering the rent for somebody that didn't live there. Every time the bills got uh, shot up too high, I had to pay the difference because the rest of them couldn't afford it. Uh, I didn't get my deposit back. I'm like, motherfucker, y'all, y'all screwed me. Y'all screwed me. And I didn't feel bad at all when I was like, hey, I'm, you know, letting you all know when I leave, y'all going to have to set up utilities because I'm not paying for utilities if I'm not living here. So I took all my shit with me and they didn't fucking get it settled. And they tried to hit me up. They're like, hey, uh, what do we do about utilities? It's like, it's, have you never set up utilities before, man? It's not hard. Y'all are in your late 20s. One of you is even in the early 40s. Y'all should know how to fucking do this. And, you know, I'm being a little harsh on one of the 40-year-old dude because he's actually a refugee, you know. But he's lived in America for four fucking years. He should have some idea on how that works. And and now he does because he's living on his goddamn own. But, you know, that whole time I'm living there, everybody was using me as a stepping stone to promote their success and their well-being while I fucking have to suck it up. You know, if I was in my early 20s, I could handle it because that gives I still got time to get my shit together. But I was in my late 20s, early 30s. No, let me back up. I was in my early 30s fucking sacrificing for these dickheads. And it put me behind. So, you know, it goes back to those motherfuckers that still owe me money. It's like, y'all owe me at least a couple of grand all collectively. And y'all ain't ever going to pay me back. Come on, motherfuckers. What the hell? I mean, this goes to show you. I I try to be like uh, Paul Rudd in Our Idiot Brother. I watched that movie recently and it really struck a chord with me. I try to be like him and give people the benefit of the doubt and be unconditional, you know, and just give and give and give because I feel like it's going to come back to me one day or if it doesn't come back to me in this life, maybe when I die, you know, God will acknowledge it's like, you know what? I saw how much you gave to people. And so I, I want, I want you to have this in, in your, in your afterlife. But like, you know what? That's dope, man. I, I try to give just cause it's good to give. And I appreciate any sort of reward you're going to give. I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. But after so many fucking years of doing it, I'm like, shit, dude. I'm going to keep fucking sacrificing and, and losing out on opportunities for me because I ain't got the fucking money to capitalize. Case in point, I was offered a job in California to work at a movie theater. I couldn't take it. I couldn't afford a trip out there. I couldn't afford to make the trip in my car because it was probably going to break down. Granted, I look back on it now and it probably would have made it because that car, I drove it for like another two years after that, but... Let's, let's, besides all of that, you know, I didn't have the money at the time to, to make a trip out there, pay the gas, one, and two, find a place to live because I was fucking losing so much money, you know, but I tell you what, dude, if everybody fucking paid me all in the same week, I'm going to have a fat little bank account from all the shit that I paid out. And, you know, and, and just recently I said something about this in the chat. I may have talked about it on the episodes. Uh, and actually, yeah, I did talk about it on the episodes recently. Uh, like two different people, one of them was my uh, relative, hit me up for money in the same week. And one of them still kept trying to ask me for money. He's like, bro, I haven't had a job since August. I cannot help you. you know, don't you get that? I, I mean, I, I understand I'm, I'm able to get by and I got a cell phone and I'm paying my bills. But motherfucker, you got a cell phone too. You're paying some fucking bills. You've got some cash. All right, so don't try to hit me with that logic. Um, back to some more shit that I'm ranting about Um, John was talking about life lessons on his podcast let me give y'all some life lessons don't be talking about shit on social media that's not uh, necessary or maybe appropriate for the the scenario you're in case in point 
my fucking dad getting on my uh, social media pages. I'm on a couple of pages in, in, on Facebook that are tied to official organizations like Team RWB. Team R- RWB is international. It's centered around veterans and their families. It's bringing in civilians to partner with veterans and for veterans to partner with each other and for uh, veterans to partner back with civilians. You know, this whole um, atmosphere of people partnering together to make lives better for veterans and uh, veteran families. And it's, it's a huge organization, right? And I post stuff on that page and uh, it's public. So uh, I shared something about a ceremony we did where uh, we were setting the table for POW and missing in action personnel. And it's a whole like revered, solemn, you know, very, very important occasion for, mil- for veterans and military people. Um, I've had to be a part of the ceremony where we set the table and, uh, you know, it's, it's something that you take very seriously if you're a part of it or you're in the ceremony. And so I posted it on a page and talked about how we were at the Legion and did all this, that, and the other. And it was a Legion out some fucking nowhere town in Central Texas. And my dad has the fucking audacity to get on there and talk about how he will never go back to the American Legion of Corsicana because they did something disrespectful. He kicked the table over and he never went back. I'm like, bro, dad, you don't need to share that. You don't need to talk about that, man. We don't need to know. If you got some a bone to pick with these motherfuckers, you know, t- tell share it with them. Don't get on our page and tell everybody else about it and badmouth that organization, that, that that post, right? Share it with the people that are there, that are at that post, or the people that were there, so they can make sure it don't happen again. The rest of the world don't need to know that. We don't need to, to hear your dirty laundry. Air that shit out, you know, privately. Fuck. And he tried to get on uh, this picture I shared because it's Veterans Day and there's that obligatory, you know, picture of when you were in service and it was me and the boys downrange when we were uh, at Camp Baharia in Iraq. And if you don't know anything about that place, Camp Baharia was a major uh, military base for the Navy and Marines. Um, There was a lake there that got drained, but it was supposed to be like Saddam Hussein's Disneyland. The coalition forces took it over. And it was a major staging point, major staging point. Had a huge tent city, had um, different battalion stations there. So, well, 3rd Battalion, 6th Marines moved in and their headquarters set up there. I was there for like a month before I, I stepped out to my battalion and was um, a part of the daily patrols. And uh, before we stepped out, all the new people, you know, we spent 30 days in the rear so that we could get acclimatized to the desert. We didn't have that 30 days when we first showed up because they only gave us 30 days to ship out. And that's neither here nor there. Uh, all that to say, we were at Camp Baharia and there's a whole group of us that took a picture. And I posted that up because it's a very fond memory for me where we're all together. And, you know, the guy that was my chief at the time, he, you know, said something that was kind of slick. And, uh, you know, we had this moment where we we're all, you know, exchanging comments back and forth. And it was, it was something that was, you know, c- kind of sentimental to me. And my dad gets on there and is like, how many of those beautiful men are no longer with us, son? And I just had to sit there like, God damn it. Dad, you got to stop saying shit like this. And I told the guys in the group that my my dad, Shane and my... and our, my, How do you say that? My dad, Shane and my dad... I, I don't know how to fucking say that. <laughs> our dad, Shane and my dad, we... You know, he, he gets on our social media pages and he says stuff that is not necessary. You know, you don't need to ask shit like that. You can ask me privately. You know, shoot me a message. Be like, hey, man, are, are, are all, all those guys still with us? Any of them, you know, you had to say goodbye to or have, have 
are no longer with us. You know, you don't have to use language like how many of those beautiful men are no longer with us. Daniel said it best. I ain't ever heard nobody say anything about another man being beautiful. <laughs> and it's like, dad, dude, I mean, this is not a time to, to go that direction. You know, this is about celebrating veterans, not mourning over dead veterans. And none of those dudes died anyway, motherfucker. They're all still with us. Fuck. You know, I got a group of veterans that, that I, I remember fondly and try to, um, you know, honor and, and respect uh, that, that have passed away. I, hell, I've got two of those metal wristbands with their names and, and their um, their KIA dates on them. You know, I try to, to give that the due reverence. But that's, you know, it's all about appropriateness, man. How is that so fucking hard? <laughs> Shit. Just you, you don't have to get online and, and talk about that kind of stuff, dude. If you want to ask me those questions, ask me privately. Why why do you have to share that with everybody can see it? I gotta keep hiding his fucking comments because it's it's uncomfortable and embarrassing. Shit. Moving on. I'm almost home, so I'll get to rest up. I'm doing this new workout routine that's kind of awesome. Um, this guy that I know that's a amateur bodybuilder. Man, he's looking juicy as hell. Uh, his his veins are popping. He's at like 2% body fat. His biceps are 20 inches maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe 19 or 20. Dude's motherfucking stacked. Um, he looks like a cartoon character. He's been, he's been putting in the work. And I was like, man, I want to see his routine. And I, I want to get on his diet plan. Because obviously he's doing something that works. Um, granted, for most people, and Ronnie Coleman said it best. You got to be born with some of it. And then you got to work for the rest. And I think that he's absolutely right about it. And this kid, his name's Josh. Uh, he's a he's a, a reserve marine. Um, I think he's a corporal. I, I can't really recall. Moving on, he um, he. Well, I saw pictures of when he was younger. He was still kind of you know muscular, but he was mostly lean. And so he's just built off of that. And you see that in a lot of dudes that were lean or or thin, they get muscular after putting in a shitload of work. Because their metabolism is so high, it's hard for them to, to gain muscle. But what, what you really don't see, and it, this, this does happen, but you just don't see a lot of it, are people that are, you know, saggy and soft and, and out of shape getting freaking jacked. Most of them lose some weight and then just get to a healthy place. And so what I'm trying to do is, you know, I got, I'm, I'm the chunkiest I've ever been, but I'm also the strongest I've ever been. I've ever been, excuse me. And um, that's what I, I'm working towards. You know, getting that that strong man look. I don't. I don't want to be two percent body fat, man. I like sugar too much. I like sweets too much. I like good tasty food too much. You know, I, I love healthy tasty food. Like I had this um, this this vegan chicken salad the other day. Well, you can't say vegan if there's chicken in it. Um, but it was you know it was chicken salad with all these spices and seasonings, and there was probably like you know the chicken alone was was the only thing that had real fat in it. The rest of it was vegetables, you know, and the chicken was just like, I'm, I'm a sucker for chicken. Like, I'll eat just about anything that's chicken. And, and, you know, he gave me this recipe for that. And I was like, dude, this is actually really freaking good. You throw some Cuban in there, give it a little kick, some some pepper. Man, that's awesome. You know, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be fried or, or greasy for it to taste good. But I do like that stuff. So it's like you got to have a good balance or else your cholesterol gets high and your fucking arteries get clogged. You got to get surgery. So I ain't, I ain't about that life, bro. That ain't fucking happening to me. No way. 
My mom's already got stenosis somewhere, and stenosis is a blockage. It's usually cholesterol. Nuh-uh, you ain't sticking no metal valve fucking in my ass. No, no. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. It's fucking, I'm trying to have the best quality of life up until I'm 70, and then I'm going to jump out of an airplane. Hell, man, I'm not living until I can't fucking wipe my ass on my own. Fuck that. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill Burr, what's his name? That comedian that some people like and the rest of the people hate. Um, he was talking about some dude getting sick and he was like, fuck this disease. I want to decide how I go out. And he jumps out of a plane. That's, that's it. I got that idea from him and I was like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. I've been skydiving and it gave me goosebumps. So I think the second time I do it, I'm just going to, you know, look at the, uh, tandem instructor. If I'm going tandem and I'm just going to unclip and, uh, and be like, tally <laughs> and just go for it. So anyway, um, that's all I got for today. I appreciate y'all listening. I'm going to get on in the house. Give me some good rest going. Uh, drink some fucking water. Man, I killed it in the workout today. Feeling good. I feel good. Um, man, I just can't stress it enough, y'all. You got you to gotta consider what you're fucking saying. You know, you, granted, everybody gets passionate and worked up and they just want to, you know, come off the cuff and, and fly by the seat of their pants you know, uh, sometimes that's funny. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it works out just right. There's that goddamn commentary of uh, Tropic Thunder, and it's fucking hilarious. You know, you got Robert Downey Jr. Uh, in the character of his character in Tropic Thunder during the commentary. And it's like, are you going to be doing this the whole time? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was gold. If you haven't watched that yet, man, you're missing out. It's fucking hilarious. Um... You know, there's there's times when that works, and there's a lot of times where it doesn't. So, just think about that in the future, that you don't friggin' say something at the wrong time. I'm really good at that. I'm really good at saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. So, you know, don't 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 be like me. Be better than me. That's most of my lessons in life, is like, don't do what I've done. Do better. You know, we were talking about uh, Nicodemus in the group chat. Uh, Nico, and as I said recently, he got his either his license or his temporary license or whatever. He's a minor, so I don't know if he got his actual license. Regardless, he can drive on his own. And he, um, you know, was talking to my brother, and my brother's recording him. He's always recording people, you know, and he's making sure that they know he's recording because he wants them to be awkward and nervous and, and all that shit. He's just a fucking menace. Anyway, <laughs> he's he's recording, and he's talking about like um, I can either be a plumber or uh, an electrician. I was like, but I don't want to be an electrician because I'll get shocked. And my brother says, where'd you learn that from? Aaron. I was like, yes. Aaron uh, worked with electricity and got shocked. Aaron almost died. Don't be like Aaron. Thank you for keeping that lesson in your brain. I hope it sticks with you for the rest of your damn life. Because that there's this meme out there of an electric volt warning that says, warning, this voltage is high enough to kill you and it will hurt the entire time you are dying. Yes, it will. Ask me how fucking no. I haven't died, but God damn it, I came close. We're not going to rehash that story, but just just remember that uh, you, you don't want to get shocked, man. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And that's that's what I fucking did. So, granted, I was on the job, but that's neither here nor there. So, moving on. I got to get out of here. Appreciate y'all listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Please drink water. Take care of yourselves. Bundle up in this cold. Watch out for the crazy drivers and the inclement weather. Y'all be careful. Y'all be safe. This has been Aaron Rons from Southeast Third. We did it live, and I am signing off.